everybody. Welcome to I'll Be There For You, a podcast about pop culture and coping. I'm your host slash producer slash whatever, Lindsay Ennett. And each episode, I talk to a friend of mine or someone I admire or both about a piece of pop culture or two that helps them get through a difficult time in their lives or in the world at large. Why am I doing this? Why am I subjecting you to another pop culture podcast? I love talking to people about the things they love and about the way they care for themselves and contextualize the world we live in right now. So think of this podcast as being for you if you really care about the Real Housewives, but also really care about the melting ice caps. So my guest today is Ray Knudsen. Ray Knudsen is a freelance writer based in Chicago with bylines at The Cut, Long Reads, Esquire, and more. And she is currently, can I tell can I tell the good people about this? Sure. She is currently working on a book about the history of makeup as told by the women who wore it. You want to talk a little bit more about that before we jump in? Um, sure. So, yeah, I'm working on a book proposal, and it's about, like you said, women throughout history and how they use makeup not just the materials that they use but culturally how it affected their lives like why they wanted to look a certain way how that benefited or hurt them follow like cleopatra queen elizabeth elizabeth taylor just significant women throughout history and kind of how they use their appearance to help or hurt their lives elizabeth taylor was truly the cle- i mean literally you know i was trying to make like a historic joke but then i remembered <laughs> elizabeth taylor was actually cleopatra so yeah so uh, it'll be kind of a funny overlap to talk about them both because they obviously their beauty in very different ways but but then there's also this parallel of her being cleopatra and having mm-hmm. to to then emulate that that's mm-hmm. really cool that's yeah. super exciting we're let's just uh kick it off what have you brought in for us today okay so i have two things that we could talk about so the first thing and I, these pieces of culture helped me get through specific like nights that were difficult so that's kind of where I'm coming from so it's not like a breakup or an argument it's like this night was horrible and here's what I did after that night so the first thing that I thought of was I was in college maybe my junior year of college and my best friend since middle school her father had cancer and passed away and so when he was not doing well toward the end I flew home to see her and to see him and so we all spent the night together at her house the night that he died so after that night after staying with her family and staying with her I went back to my house and put on Finding Nemo and watched Finding Nemo and like took a nap because we obviously didn't sleep very much that night and uh, so that's one thing I mean, like, grief is exhausting. You forget, like, yeah. how much just the process takes out yeah. of you. It was, like, reverting to this comfort. And I didn't even, at the time, didn't think about it. But it's, like, a father looking for their child. And my friend just lost her father. And so it was kind of about that, like, father and child bond. Um, but I wasn't even consciously thinking about that at the time. And it has a hap- I So I kind of revert to stuff that's, like, that I'm familiar with and that has, that's pleasant to watch and easy to watch. So maybe not my favorite movie ever, but it's just, like, a pleasant, easy thing that I can put on. And obviously I fell asleep to it and would wake up and maybe restart it and then, like, put it back on. So it's, like, something. We talk about napping TV a lot. It's definitely, like, a napping movie because I'm familiar with it and know it pretty well. So I just put that on and kind of watched it and took a nap and let myself be sad and tired, basically. 
So it wasn't like a conscious decision of like this fun, heartwarming family movie for the the situation. I think that was partly it is like this movie has a happy ending and it's about family. But I don't think I sat and thought like, what is representative of the experience that I just went through? <laughs> like, I didn't do that. I think I just was like, this feels like it would feel good to watch. And I wanted something that would feel cozy and good and not something like it has a happy ending. They get together, they survive, they get back together. And so I definitely didn't want something that would be like I had cried enough you know so it's like I didn't mm-hmm. want to cry at whatever I was watching I didn't need to release anything I needed to like recuperate and so it kind of took that role for me of like here's a gentle thing with a happy ending that is a cartoon fit it's not even people <laughs> so like people don't get hurt in this you know what I mean it's like yeah. and not that I don't care about animals but it's like it's not like watching a human going through the same thing that you just went through it's like cartoon I mean I still eat sushi and I've seen yeah. Finding Nemo so, like I mean, a yeah. dozen times so yeah. what can you do? draw your own conclusions yeah. but one thing that I really like that you brought up is the I think a lot of especially when we look at what we turn to in difficult times we think a lot about like the subject matter and the content mm-hmm. but I like that you brought up the idea of the nap like mm-hmm. napping tv or a nap the significance of like having something to gravitate to that just physically allows you Mm -hmm. to relax and let go a little bit yeah no I think that's a good point and that's kind of the stuff that I turn to when I am stressed out is something that won't stress me out further like I'm not going to pick up thriller or like an adventure book or even like I just am not going to pick that up when I'm very stressed I'm going to pick up something that I'm familiar with that's pleasant that maybe has a happy ending that probably something that I've already seen or read or like I'm not trying out a new thing when I'm upset because it's like I don't want to get more upset or hate it or what if it has a terrible ending or it's boring it's like I don't want to deal with any of that dress of a new thing so I'll, I'll usually almost always just turn to something that I've had experience with. and you have written a lot like for the science of us and other outlets about anxiety and mm-hmm. about the physical reactions to stress and, and yes. managing that yes so oh so here's another thing so I, I like you said I have very physical manifestations of my anxiety so like when I am anxious or upset it's like I'll start shaking or my stomach will hurt or like whatever and so I need to like literally calm down and relax like you said like I need to relax my body and so that's I have gone out one night and came home and was like stressed about drinking too much or what I said at a party it's like I would put on a silly movie and then like watch that till I fell asleep so I think that's something I do kind of throughout my whole life is like being able to try to put on something that like physically allows me to chill yeah the idea of like the napping tv then yeah like which is like my favorite genre honestly is like napping tv Oh, no, I fully feel you. When I was living in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and doing this internship and didn't know anybody and was had just graduated and was like super lonely. I always talk about this summer as the summer I took up running because I had nothing because there was such like this expanse with my time and I just like needed to do something. Mm My movie like that was the holiday. I would watch oh, the holiday yeah. every night yeah. before I went to bed that yeah. whole summer. I had one summer where every single night I watched Big Daddy. So <laughs> no, you can laugh. It's funny. So yeah. that was the thing in my in my past that I have done before. It was also a summertime. I think it's like you lose track of time in the summer when you were in sc- when I was in school. I did, and mm. I don't know. I guess that yeah. kept time for me. What do you look for in like comfort TV or comfort movie? Definitely like resolvable situations. I like sitcoms a lot for that too. And like 30 minute comedies because it's like stuff does get resolved for the most part. Even if they have continuing storylines, it's like you've got 30 minutes of like a fun thing that like generally has a happy ending because that's like what they're made for. So that kind of thing I gravitate toward. It's kind of hard to say. So something gentle. I think I look for gentleness when I need something if I'm like stressed out about something. So like I don't want to watch 
somebody be mean or like upset not that that doesn't make for great con- like tv or movies it's just not like a lot of the stuff I do gravitate toward is stuff for children or from my childhood and I think that stuff like that like for kids has like clear morals and like people are nice to each other and if you're mean it's bad and like that's obviously real life is a lot more complicated than that but it's nice to see that and like you're right being mean is bad and it is nice to be nice and good people should win sometimes and it's like nice to see those kind of more clear-cut like morals and lines and be like that's comforting to think that that could exist right right and sometimes that's translated through the lens of a cute baby turtle right who is extremely cute that's cuteness helps like that never hurts right if it's like cute and fun to watch then it's like you I feel warm and fuzzier watching it that's the other thing about I, I think about you know Pixar movies broadly, mm-hmm. but Finding Nemo specifically is you have you know these big heady themes like poor Marlin loses most of his entire family in mm-hmm. the first three minutes, mm-hmm. uh, but then you also have you know the little you know you have the squid who's like you guys made me and you have all these like really heady themes like about abandonment and loss and like the fear of that and everything with Dory who like breaks my heart. Yeah. Ellen DeGeneres also breaks my heart, but we can talk about that yeah, not on yeah. the podcast. Um, I think too, it's like that <laughs> Finding Nemo in particular is also about like a friend, a really strong friendship. And especially when like I flew home to be with my best friend during this difficult time. And so it was like nice, another friendship, like go through these hard things for each other. Again, not a thing I thought consciously about, but it's like nice to see that reflected in a movie. When you watch a movie like Finding Nemo yeah. now, do you, are you like, is that kind of memory and that association with it still in the back of your um, mind? Yeah, I think about that a lot, but I, I still love that movie and I'll still watch it all the time. So it's not like ruined for me because it's associated with a sad memory. And that memory is sad, but it's also full of love. So it's like, there's a lot of things that were hard about that night, but also it was people who love each other being there for each other in a difficult time. So I think that it didn't, it's not like if you like see a movie and someone breaks your heart and you can't watch that movie again, it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like another comforting thing that I come go back to that like got me through a hard time that I can still enjoy mm-hmm. now. It's a terrible situation, but it was a, a beautiful thing. You were supporting someone really close to you through a really terrible time yeah and that I mean I was a kid I was what 20 maybe and so I hadn't had much tragedy in my life and this wasn't directly my tragedy but it was it was the first time I was able to show up for someone in that which is still huge for me I think that I was able to do that but so it was kind of monumental event in my life and plus I, I loved her dad you know what I mean like it was her dad but I loved him too and so I don't know where I was going with this, but. but it's like when you grow up with someone, like yeah. it's like your your kind of surrogate second family, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like a big event that um, I do kind of associate with that movie, but it's not the only association I have with that movie. So I know you wanted to bring in something else and again yeah. kind of connects to a specific night. Yeah. So recently, this will sound thematically maybe kind of familiar, but so recently I had to go to the hospital and spend the night because I had stroke-like symptoms. It was not a stroke. I'm doing fine. Thank God. But I had to spend the night in the hospital and as anyone who's ever done that knows, it's not a very pleasant way to spend an evening. It's like empty and cold and there's people yelling for stuff. And you're hooked up to machines. And you're machines and my IV hurt in my hand and it was just like not fun so that hospital that I was at had wireless that you could connect so I connected to my phone and I have the Hulu app on my phone and so I put on Bob's Burgers which is another like 
family happy cartoon and so literally the whole night I just watched Bob's Burgers on my phone and then I would like fall asleep and then someone would wake you up to like check your pulse or whatever and then I would like keep watching Bob's and then fall back asleep and like the noises in a hospital are terrible like there was one guy across the way from me who just kept yelling for help he was he just kept being like help help and like he was fine he was not dying but that's terrifying terrible and it was like all night he was doing this or like someone you know other tvs would be going or like whatever and so i had my headphones to like help block out all that noise which was very helpful for me to like try to forget that i was in a hospital i don't know what i would have done if i just had to listen to like someone screaming for help all night without any way to like block that it just would have been terrifying right like that's scary that's even though he was i repeat he was fine he did not need help when he was yelling for help but um yeah it was just like a really unpleasant experience and so I I, again watched a cartoon that I and I've seen all of Bob's Burgers like I've seen every episode so it's not it wasn't new to me I had repeat I just went back and started at like whatever episode and just kept playing them all through so it's like season three maybe I was watching it was like something like that and then yeah so I was familiar with it like about people that love each other and a family and it's just funny and pleasant for me to watch and so I yeah Dana I was familiar with and knew about and could fall asleep to and did it over and over and over again the whole night that makes a horrible situation sound slightly less horrible it was slightly less horrible because it's like well at least I can just watch this tv show and they have a tv in the hospital but it's like weird and they I watch I don't even watch SVU normally but that's what I put on sometimes because it was like on a channel that they and so it's just like I was really glad I had my phone and like a Hulu app even though that sounds silly it was like man this is like the best thing I could have done in that scenario yeah I think if you're already in and weirdly like SVU used to be kind of a comfort show it for me. a lot of people. Yeah. Which is wild. I know. There's got to be like some good scientific writing about that somewhere. I think there is definitely some cultural writing about it. And it's like, I mean, I love like murder shows and murders and mystery. Like I am not averse to thrillers or violence or scary things. Like I love that stuff. But for me, when I am stressed out, that's not necessarily what I would turn to. It's like when I'm feeling happy and good or want to be interested in something. It's like, of course, there's so many other media that you consume in your whole life like depending on what your mood is or what you want to do so like I but I've never gotten into SEU the way a lot of people have um, which kind of surprises me because I do love murder shows and police shows but um, yeah I think a lot of people turn to it and it's kind of that like women like horror a lot because it's like a way to work out your anxieties in like a world that doesn't listen to them but like in SVU they're real it's like the girl get, does get murdered like it's her anxieties are real and so I think that's like an important outlet for that I think that's a really good point at, at the same time it's also like there's also something about SVU where it kind of takes you out of it because it's like yeah. you have Hillary Duff playing a Casey <laughs> Anthony surrogate right. and it's like you it's or Linda Carter playing a con artist that's a real good episode mm-hmm. that's also the one with Bobby Flay and season if you can find season seven of SVU okay. anywhere I'll it's like it it's a good season to start with <laughs> uh Stabler's still there there's some real wild plot lines I think for me it was like that about like the context in which I started watching SVU mm-hmm. which was usually in my early to mid-20s hungover mm-hmm. at a friend's apartment while it was like a Sunday afternoon yeah. marathon. Our uh, show of choice was Top Model for those uh, scenarios. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. 
But back to Bob's Burgers. Yes, back to Bob's. <laughs> the nice thing about Bob's Burgers too is because it's so episodic, yeah. you can you don't need to kind of follow it to the letter. You can watch it out of order. Yeah, you can watch. Yeah, in any order, you can jump in and out. They just like reset at the beginning. Like they don't grow older or get sick or like whatever. It just all resets in the next episode. So it's like a nice way to like dip into something and not feel yeah like committed or you're missing out or you have to. Like, I didn't have a lot of attention span when I was in the hospital worried about whatever. And so it's, like, easy to pay attention or not and still know what's going on. Usually something with fan fiction or boys for now. Yeah, I, like, really relate to Tina. Like, as we said, I suffer from anxiety. Not suffer, but I... Well, sometimes I suffer from it. But, um, so I relate to her a lot. And so I feel, like, especially related to Tina because she like groans a lot and is anxious about everything and I'm like you know I get it I get it but she it works out fine for her usually in the show so that's nice at least I think a lot about the episode where Tina is where Bob's trying to teach Tina to drive and she hits the parked car and he's trying to like lie about for the insurance agent and like dealing with that heady ethical dilemma I like I get secondhand anxious watching that. It's so funny. I love that episode. And she just gets so stressed out. And it's like, yeah, I get it, Tina. I would also probably be stressed out about that. You think she likes burned down the house because a guy like burns down the house and blames it on her. Yeah. I'm going to go to hell or jail or hell jail. (laughs) And you have like the, oh my gosh, I love love Bob's Burgers so much. There's so much I want to say about it. I am also married to Teddy. So that's. I know. I love Teddy. Everyone just like, it's a sweet show. And I think that that's another thing that I maybe look for it is like sweetness like it's nice and it feels like good to watch it and that's nice it's it's nice people being I love watching shows where people nice people love each other and try really hard and I feel like that they're trying and they love each other and it just doesn't always work out but that's okay I think about the episode where it's I'm like laughing thinking about it where Bob is chaperoning the field trip to the museum And then Linda gets like super caught up in the picket line. Chanting, yeah. And the chanting. And then they like run into each other on the way home. And they're just, they have this quick little exchange of like, did you overdo it with the chanting? Yes. (laughs) Did you and Louise get into trouble? Yes. See at home? Yeah. Yeah. Like, just, I love that. Like, that such like natural family dynamic. And they, yeah, they like accept that about each other. Like, he accepts that his wife gets way too involved in chanting and gets herself into trouble. I like, I don't know, strike and that's like hilarious like that's crazy but he knows that that's who she is and it's okay and that's like it's it's just like it's nice to see that it's nice to see people like and to see like a sitcom dynamic where it's not just like shitty dad nagging wife yeah and that's why a lot of other like I love like cartoons for grown-ups and regular cartoons but a lot of other cartoons for adults are just like mean or like they just it's like funny because it's a cartoon saying a dirty joke or it's like people that hate their families and it's like well I don't want to watch that like like it's not just that a cartoon that makes me want to watch it it's like it has to be like all these other things too and I I just don't want that yeah like I think about another show I love not for comforting but just in general which is Bojack Horseman which is a cartoon for adults that is really beautiful and evocative but it's dark right that is definitely not something I would put on if I were like in the hospital like needing to pass the time it's like I would not watch Bojack oh god but I love Bojack I just would not watch it in that scenario yeah the last time I tried to like watch multiple episodes of Bojack at a time I could not leave the house the rest and that's the thing I think for me when I'm coping with something I like to put something on and just like have it on like in the background or 
like over and over again because it's like a comfort thing like I like the noise I like to look at something familiar and so yeah you need something that you can watch over and over again for me I need something that I can watch over and over again or that's like easy to watch and that doesn't equate with good or bad it's just a thing like easy to watch and more difficult to watch are different things than a good and a bad show absolutely it's it's almost like a grounding technique I don't know would you say it's a coincidence that like both of the things you brought in are animated no I don't I think it's partly I think it's maybe that association with like childhood where there's like clearer morals and like things are nice and I think like you said it's not what like I don't want to watch real people doing stuff that stresses me out because that's just me being stressed and watching someone being stressed right right so like I want so it's like not it's like it's removed enough where I can be removed from it and it's like cute shapes and there's not like human blood or gore or gross things or like being a human is hard so like I don't know it's like you want to take a I want to take a break from that sometimes and it's like animated stuff does that it kind of allows you to be removed from it a little bit being a human is hard right (laughs) thank you for oh my gosh so Uh, yeah I just like sidestep all that stuff and it's like like I said with finding Nemo it's like a fish that gets lost his dad is looking for him so it's like a family losing someone and finding someone again but it's not a human family doing it so even though with my friend's dad she lost somebody and I was watching a movie about somebody losing somebody it didn't equate to me the same way because it's like oh this is a fish not like a human that I'm watching the same thing happen to I don't know through the medium you're able to put some distance between yeah, I you guess and so. what's and happening. the emotions don't really like I still feel emotional about it so it's not like I'm so removed from the story I don't care about it but it is like a, it's not like watching human suffering I guess right no totally it, yeah it, it like goes back to that grounding it's also like the the nostalgia thing a little bit yeah I think for sure it is nostalgic and it's just I also like especially with Bob the cartoon resets so like if Bob shaves off his mustache in an episode like the next one he doesn't and so it's like it kind of goes back to normal or like goes back to this like baseline and say like they don't grow old and finding Nemo you know what I mean like they don't change physically it's like they still look like the same fit so it's just this like one less thing I guess to be thinking about or concerned about or something there's not like an arc beyond yeah what we're already presented with but that's kind of the one a to b like the things that are kind the things in like bob's burgers that provide continuity Mm -hmm. are like delightful and add to why the show is just such like a nice thing to kind of nestle into like linda's obsession with the raccoons that live outside hilarious and i also think when you're watching a tv show like mad men or something with real human actors in it like they get older over seven seasons but with bob they don't so i can jump into season one or season seven or season nine and it all looks pretty much the same and so it doesn't make me feel like oh this was such a long time ago and I'm so old and whatever whatever it's just like oh yeah this is like an episode of a show that I like and it's so and same with Finding Nemo like I'm not thinking like oh that kid looks so much different now like he was a child actor then and blah blah so it kind of just removes that like passage of time element I guess that's a really good point I guess I hadn't really thought of it like that but you know Bart Simpson's been in fourth grade for (laughs) 30 plus years and so yeah it's like nice to return to that and be like oh yeah he's still the same old bar in Mm -hmm. fourth grade or whatever one thing I I do like to ask of folks that come on the show is uh what are some non-pop culture ways you practice self and community care um I really like to take showers as like a way to reset myself 
in my brain and stuff like that. Not that you can take 100 showers a day, but if I'm having like a really awful day or I'm in a really terrible mood, it's like a good like 15 minutes to like be alone and be like, okay, I just need to like calm down and reset and start over. So like obviously eating healthy, working out. Um, I just got really into puzzles. And I think that that is for sure a good way for me to like help cope with stuff because it's like almost a form of meditation when you're looking at the puzzle pieces and putting them together. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just looking at pictures and putting them where they go. And it's like a way to make my mind go blank a little bit. Please tell me more about your like oh my God. puzzle hobby. So I'm like really into puzzles now. This is recent. I didn't know this about myself, but apparently I love puzzles. Um, over Christmas, my mom got like a thousand puzzle piece like of holiday cats from her friend and she brought it to our like family. So, sorry, I'm going to need you yeah. to back up and, and say that last part slower. Um, it's a thousand piece puzzle of Christmas cats. So like it's a row of cats in a variety of Christmas outfits with like Santa hats and elves and sitting in a stocking. And there's like a hundred cats on this puzzle. Thank you for this beautiful description. Can you please send a photograph of this so uh, we can yes, include it absolutely. in the show notes? I will send you if I have a photograph of it, I'll send it to you. So we, she brought this for our family and was just like, here's a puzzle if you guys want to do it. And so we all started doing it and I got like really into it. So me and my fiance, Michael, we stayed up until like 1 or 2 a.m. like doing this puzzle and we like wanted to finish it before new year's eve because we were we were like together around new year's and um it just like was the thing that i got really into so my sister sent me home with some of her old puzzles because i guess she's into puzzles too which i didn't know about and so she sent me home with some of them so now we're doing puzzles like in our dining room and it's like if i have a couple minutes or if i'm like even I was worried about a work thing this week and I was like well I'll just I'll just do a puzzle for a little bit and then I did it and was like not thinking about the work thing the whole time I was doing the puzzle this is adorable and amazing and I'm like I'm like secondhand like so like I if you guys have any good recommendations for puzzles or know of any good puzzles please send them to me I'm interested in purchasing more puzzles I think um should we do a puzzle swap let me know if you're interested. Yes. I will let you know about a puzzle swap. We're a little bit more of like a board game yeah. house than a puzzle house. Yeah. But I think um, uh, my wife, Una, who's been mentioned a couple of times on this uh, show, may be a good puzzle source for um, you. I feel like me and Una are very similar. So if she wants to come over and do a puzzle with me, I'm really into it. I will definitely ask her about <laughs> that. Well, that's about it. Thank you so much, Ray, for, for being for here. Um, where can people find you and your writing on the on the old internet? Yeah, so probably the easiest way is Twitter. I'm on Twitter at RCL Knudsen. So it's R-C-L-N-U-D-S-O-N because my name is Ray Newton. So yeah, probably that's the best way. I'm also on Instagram at Ray Newton. Um, and that's about it. Cool. Uh, thank you so much, uh, that's our that's our show for this week. Uh, we put out new episodes every other Sunday to help you uh, slide into the week and uh, beat back some of those Sunday scaries. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Give us some uh, positive reviews if you want any if you have questions feedback you want to be a guest on the show anything like that you can reach us at i'll be there for you pod at gmail.com 